Hello and welcome to The Green Stream, a podcast brought to you by Sustainable Business Network Detroit, a network of partnerships between Southeast Michigan stakeholders, innovators, and changemakers. Each partner is on a mission to advance and amplify sustainable business practices, and we're here to learn from, share, and help activate a sustainable way forward for Greater Detroit. If you enjoyed today's episode, please like and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Leave us a review and join the conversation on Facebook, Twitter, and LinkedIn. And head over to our website, sbn-detroit.org. Now, let's listen in to our conversation with today's sustainability leaders. Hi, everyone, and thank you for joining us on the Green Stream today. I'm Terry Barclay, President and CEO of Inforum and Chair of the Sustainable Business Network of Detroit. And I am just absolutely thrilled that my longtime friend and someone whom I greatly admire is joining us today, Amy Peterson. Um, Amy is the founder and CEO of Rebel Now, but she has had so many other roles in her life. And I'd like to ask her to talk about those a little bit. Um, but before I do, um, you know, Amy, you need to tell people about your educational background, too. And also, I just want to mention that you have had many, many honors so well deserved, um, you know, being recognized as 30 in their 30s by D Business um, and Ernst & Young's Entrepreneur of the Year in 2016 for the Midwest, for Michigan and Northwest Ohio. I mean, that's a very competitive process and you uh, so deserved that recognition from EY. But tell us a little bit about your background. Well, thank you, Terry, for having me on this. I admire the crap out of you too. So thank you. This is, uh, <laughs> this is amazing. Um, yeah, I can start with my background. I I am a social entrepreneur today. This is not at all where I thought my life would be. I didn't plan out for this. I actually, my whole life, I, I pretty much like since I was 14, I wanted to be in professional baseball and wanted to work in baseball. I really had dreams of being the first female general manager of a major league baseball team. Um, and in order to do so, I, you know, that's, every decision I made up into my adult life was with that in the background. I went to college then I went to law school because I wanted the well-rounded brain of how to understand contracts. And then after that, I went to uh, get my MBA because I wanted to understand business. And I interned all along the way, had mentors. Um, I was a mentor. Well, somebody I thought was going to be a mentor it truly wasn't um, tell me that, you know, in order to do that, my best bet was to marry a player. I always love, I just love that story. Uh, but long story short, I I did get the the, the chance to pursue that dream, um, and I got an opportunity to come work for the Detroit Tigers as an intern in 2007, and that is what brought me to the great city of Detroit. Well, we're so glad it did, and and now you just you have to tell us about Rebel Now, which. I just think is the coolest thing ever. Um, and all of the uh, goals of Rebel Now, um, and you might want to work the congregation in there. You know, it's like, it's not enough for you to have one 
a big demanding <laughs> role. You you seem to always have to have several, <laughs> but um, but masochist. You are you are a little bit, but <laughs> no. um, but you know I think that Rebel Nell is such an incredible force, and the way that it is so much more than um, a retail sales company you know this is really uh has a nonprofit mission and with t with teach empower achieve you know you're building wraparound services for women who face significant employment barriers so tell us tell us about the origin story of rebel nell and your journey there yeah a lot of it even goes back to working in baseball so i i spent 11 years with the tigers and ultimately was associate counsel for them um, but there were a lot of challenges being a woman in the industry. And at the time, um, I lived right downtown Detroit, and I lived next door to a well-known shelter uh, called Cots. And I would have conversations with the residents. And many of these women left really challenging situations in search of a better life, not only for themselves, but for their family, even if this meant you know, starting again in the shelter. And so I... I I was frustrated with my own experience. And I said, you know, I wanted to, I wanted, wanted to start a company that was just dedicated to empowering women, that that was the main focus. And that was the, that was what we, that was the foundation. And then we built around it. Um, and I had no idea what I was doing. Um, just had this concept for a company. I, and we had, ne now we're a verified social enterprise. I'd never heard, I didn't even know what that was when we started. That wasn't even a term. Um, it wasn't until two years into the business, someone from California came and said, oh my God, you have an incre incredible social enterprise. I was like, well, that sounds way more interesting than a business. What is that? And so that's when we learned all about social enterprise. But Rebel Now exists to provide employment, equitable opportunities, and wraparound support for women uh, with barriers to traditional employment. We hire from uh, local shelters where it's seven hiring partners currently um and when the women come and work for us we provide not only a full-time job i think that's something that often gets overlooked but it is a full-time job um and they get the uh wraparound support so we really try and tackle through our partnership with t the financial training business education life wellness housing resources legal aid um and then we will ultimately graduate them into jobs that have better pay and better benefits because they've been able to tackle a lot of the barriers that have been prohibitive in the past. That was a long answer, Terry. Sorry. No, it's, it's, it's absolutely incredible. And, you know, for those of us who have the great privilege of knowing you, you know, we know how relentlessly focused you are on the success of those women and that the lengths that you will go to, to make sure um, that there is a path for them that mm -hmm. is right for them and makes sense for them. Um, and it's really very selfless. It goes beyond uh, your purpose as, as a company to really support them in their lives. And I think that um, those of us who've worked with Rebel Now over time just really feel that and appreciate that. So um, th thank you. Thank you for that. Um, well, thank you, because people like you, that's why we're still around 10 years well, later. So. Well, well, I do have to I do have to share a small story. I, I recently moved um, and I had a friend who was helping me unpack and 
when we got around to unpacking my jewelry, they kind of looked at me and said, and how many things do you have? For now? <laughs> I mean, it was just kind of, they, they saw the stack. <laughs> yes. <laughs> it's amazing. So, um, yeah, I encourage everybody to check you out and, um, see, see what they can do there. But, um, so talk, but talk about social entrepreneurship and the role that it has in our, and the importance that it has for our communities. I am, I'm such a firm believer in social enterprises. Obviously, I mean, my heart and soul is poured into one. Um, but I, I think it is the wave of the future. I think that you can put your energy as a business owner to put your people and profit at the same level of importance. And that is, that's the focus for me is that, and you realize like, I just had a group of students in here last week and they're asking me about the business plans and all these things that you do. And I said, you know, you writing down your mission statement is one of the most important and critical things you can do. You don't even realize how much you go back to it, but our mission statement is to provide employment, equitable services, and wraparound support for women with barriers. That's part of our mission statement. And that is just at our core. It's woven into everything we do. It is how we make decisions. So I told them, you know, when the pandemic hit, everything was chaos. You didn't know which way to turn, what to do. You just go back to the mission statement. And it's like, okay, let's make sure our people are taken care of first. Um, so I, I think that's what it means to me to be a social enterprise. I know there's varying degrees now. You know, you can be considered a social enterprise and just give a portion of proceeds away. That, that, that has its purpose. But I think to to really have the impact with the workforce development model is what I what makes us extra special. So could you talk a little bit? You realize how, you know, to hear an accomplished attorney speaking about the importance of this you know, mm. is, is I think it, it really important um, because it's about both things. It's about the bottom line, but it's about the success of the people involved. Um, and, you know, your name, tell us about the name. And, and also maybe you could talk a little bit, you talked about, the challenges of being a woman leading in certain business environments. Talk about the challenges of being a woman leading in a social enterprise. Mm, yeah. So I'll start with the name. When um, my business partner and I at the time were trying to come up with a name that was reflective of the work that we were doing. And um, we also thought it important to pay tribute to a woman who was a trailblazer. And we went back and forth on the name a lot. And then finally, we both realized that we had a shared love of Eleanor Roosevelt and everything she stood for in life. I mean, the woman was truly a badass. Uh, women's rights advocate, humanitarian, civil rights advocate, very vocal and, and standing up for, for people. And her, at the time I was reading a book and her dad called her Little Nell. We thought she deserved a more kick-ass name, hence Rebel Nell. We also believe that the women we uh, employ are rebelling against what life has dealt to them. And we're dealing with fallen street art. So that's the other sustainability part of our business we didn't even talk about yet, but we repurpose meaningful material into jewelry. So you know, we're known in Detroit for repurposing fallen graffiti once it crumbles off the walls. Um, 
We're taking iconic buildings when they're deconstructing them and using that material to help preserve memories and also um, to be a more sustainable product. So that's how we got our name. And then the next question you asked me was, oh, the challenges of being a woman. I mean, when you just look at just entrepreneurs in general, not even social entrepreneurs, you know, how few are female. And then if you look even from those that scale and the funding opportunities out there, I mean, it's some staggering number. It's like only 4% of VC funded uh, organizations. I'm making that statistic up, but it is, it's, it's around there. Uh, fact check me on that, but it's very, very low are funded by um, VCs. And I think there is still uh, a stigma around women entrepreneurs. I still think there is, you know, a belief that we can't do it. And I gotta tell you, if anybody can, it's women, holy hell, can we just like withstand a million things? We're amazing multitaskers. We get shit done. Um, But it's really challenging. So then throw on the layer of being a social entrepreneur where the funding opportunities certainly are not there. It's getting better. But I think, you know, locally changing perceptions and changing minds about the importance of social enterprises and how great an impact they can have on the community and encouraging people to do impact investing where, yes, you are, you can, you can get a return on your investment, but you also can get to get a return on your you know, human capital investment as well. Uh, and it's a, it's quite frankly, a, a desert um, when it comes to that. So yes, there are challenges, certainly just being a woman-owned business and then throw on a social entrepreneur, it's even more so, but we're, we're still here. 10 years later, 10 years later, Terry. <laughs> I know. And I remember years where you thought maybe not. <laughs> so I swear to God, every year, I think maybe not. <laughs> tenacity. Tenacity. tenacity is, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> tenacity and passion. You got to keep the faith. I, I believe in that. I, it's not easy. Um, uh, especially this past couple of years have been really challenging when our all of our lights just went out. But um, that's, that will get you through the tough times. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So talk a little bit more if you can about sustainability, because, you know, your business model is really, I mean, you have such a visible, uh, commitment and demonstrated success in that regard. And then, you know, how important is it to have a business model that's based on sustainability really as at its core? You know, I think it's um, very, I think it's incredibly important for many reasons. A, I believe in it. I believe in having a sustainable business. I think, you know, with, with everything we're seeing in the world with climate change, with the need to help people, the need, there's such a, a, a disparity. Um, you know, we're seeing the, breakdown of the middle class you know there's extreme poverty and extreme wealth like one of the ways we can get that bring that back together I through is through sustainable business development and I mean this is such a deeper question I think there's so many things wrong with the system I knew the system was bad when I started Rebel Mail but I had no idea to the extent how bad it was mm. and how it's just meant to keep you in it and I think that's part of a greater problem um, but to be quite honest, there's a new generation afoot who are very impressive 
and they're asking the questions and they're challenging businesses and they're wanting transparency. And these are the conscious consumers that the world needs. And I think you have to have a level of legitimate sustainability in your business um, in order to stay competitive in the future. Interesting. Um, maybe we, I, I would love it if you could share a little bit. You, you just recently had a big announcement about another incredible collaboration that um, you're doing on Belle Isle. So tell us about that. It's such a great example of, of how you work and how you spread this sustainability message and connections everywhere you you go to partner. Sure, I think it's, I think that's the fun part of Rebel now is like once you work here or you see the world differently, you see the value of, of things that are being thrown out. And um, it's, it's just, it is weird, um, things look, like trash some people but for us they're opportunities that we always say you know one man's trash is another woman's treasure so <laughs> um they recently the bell isle was the well-known conservatory it's been around for over 100 years anna scripps comb uh anna scripps whitcomb forgive me conservatory they're renovating it and they were redoing a lot of the glass um and i noticed this and so i reached out and said hey is there an opportunity for us to reuse what you cannot repurpose obviously repurposing is first and foremost but a lot of things you can and we thought uh, yes they said absolutely and we've done a collaboration with them in the past and it was really successful from their renovations at the aquarium we've never worked with glass before and so how could we really highlight the beautiful glass and also make it show up so it doesn't just blend into the piece and my team that's where we shine is they really do a, a great job with R&D, with all of our new material. So we used the glass, and then we decided to incorporate um, flowers from the conservatory gardens as well. And it's truly stunning. I know every piece, every collection is always like, oh, this one's my favorite. This one is my favorite. It is so, so gorgeous. Um, but that's, that's the fun part. So then you're not only like sustainable with our product and what we're using, but also, you know, knowing that that is feeding jobs in in our community and for, for women who are overcoming a lot. Well, it is absolutely a stunning collection and I am just continue to be blown away by the innovation and creativity that you continue to bring. And I, you know, I think sometimes we underestimate how difficult it is to sustain that innovation and creativity um you know you it's not good enough to have one idea <laughs> you have to keep yeah i gotta keep going you gotta keep having them and you and you've got to uh continue to be able to execute well on them you know which was kind of the the point you're making um there but what do you see as some of the greatest challenges that um design or creative industries face in the next five to 10 years? You know, are there, there trends, you know, what are some of the challenges that you think are going to be out there? I mean, as far as like, even my industry, it's really, really tough to compete with fast fashion. It's mm. like with very disposable, it's just 
so popular and so affordable, um, you are seeing more conversations around it. And I think that's great to have that dialogue. Um, and that's not our space, right? We, we're, we take our, our stuff's handmade. It's beautiful. We provide full-time jobs. So the, there's the story behind it. And, um, but that's again, like going back to what I said, there is this beautiful split of a lot of people who are concerned and conscious and want their dollars to have an impact. So that's the, that's the good side, but more of the challenging side, there's so much competition. Um, the pandemic brought rise to a lot of entrepreneurship and a lot of competition online. In fact, we've never struggled more with our online sales than recently because of the competition out there. Um, but then you just get creative in other ways. What else? What else? Frankly, in even in our being in Detroit has so many great things, so many advantages. I love being in the city and I think the barriers to entry are low compared to other major cities. However, the opportunities to scale and grow, it is a, it's very little resources exist, mm. very little. So trying to cross into that threshold of scaling a brand um, is very difficult to do. And I think our, our opportunity for exposure is minimal here in mm. Detroit. So those are the, some of the things I'd like to see improve in the future, but those will continue to be challenges unless there's some um, opportunity for, for voices to be heard more. Oh, interesting. Interesting, interesting. So the flip side of that coin, you know, what gives you optimism? What do you think are the opportunities? I think, you know, it's interesting. I'm, I'm starting to explore ways to scale and really, um, I think there's an opportunity and I don't want to get like too ahead of my skis, but I think there's an opportunity for us to scale in a really, really innovative way that has never been done before mm -hmm. apologize for the noise but you know working on how do we take this local community feel and move it elsewhere has always been like a, a considerable challenge for us but I think there's ways that we can do that and maybe partnering with other local nonprofits and creating this different um rebel now ecosystems in different territories around the country is it would be the first, well, at least I shouldn't say the first time to my knowledge, I haven't seen too many of these where it's like almost like a franchise model with nonprofit and a social enterprise um, working together. So we'll see. That's that, that excites me right now is to, to explore that. Well, I can't wait to see what you're going to do <laughs> because I, I know you to be the person who, when you make up your mind and you set that target, Watch out. It's good. It's such a blessing and a curse. <laughs> it, it really uh, I'm such a, I can be an ankle biter and I, I just like sink my teeth in. Um, but yes, it, I think it is. It's both of those things. Yeah. Yeah. Some well, would call it very stubborn, Terry. Yeah. Some would call <laughs> well, you know, tenacity, tenacity is a good thing right yes yeah yeah let's call it yeah. tenacity I it is i wouldn't be here without my tenacity that's for sure yeah you wouldn't you you i'll really, give myself that much it's really so um 
what what do you think so so maybe uh national growth is what's next for rebel now i'm ready for it i'm ready i you know it's our bigger plan is to scale we're derailed through covid it's taken us a full three years to get back on our feet we're just really turning back around it was uh, more uh, i think covid was more detrimental in the past year from a business perspective than even during the actual true pandemic um it's interesting not the first person i've heard say that it's been very the the past year was one of the most challenging years we've ever had in the company yeah 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 interesting um yeah and a lot of it i mean it's from also from the small business perspective it actually it's probably similar to big business it's just more impactful when it's you know just individuals running it um where you know we had access to funds to the eidl um everyone made hires expecting a really strong fourth quarter and strong last year and then you know there was the you think about when the war broke out in russia that slid everyone's consumer behavior tanked and that was again after we had made all these investments. We went without supply chain for so long. So everyone over-ordered on inventory just out of that fear. Um, and last year just was such a, a a very, very slow year. But now we're starting to, to see things change. But I understand, I mean, so many of my friends closed and it wasn't because of the pandemic. It was last year that, that it was really challenging. Yeah, yeah, interesting, interesting. Well, what parting words do you have for us? Um, I, I so value being a part of, of this organization. And I, I, I'm grateful that there is the attention getting uh, attention that we're bringing attention to sustainability in Detroit and how we can be, you know, that is such a beautiful thing about Detroit is we can be the front runners in this. Um, we have the opportunity, we've got the brain space, we can, we can truly carve our our niche in this um, opportunity. So thank you, number one, for leading this initiative. And I just encourage everybody to be conscious with their dollars. Ask the questions. Find out more about the organization. Have an impact with where your money goes. Yeah, good advice. That That is good advice. And I know that I find myself personally becoming much more fierce about that. You know, it's one of the first questions I ask instead of one of the last questions that I ask. And I think we all underestimate how much each one of us, by changing our individual behavior, can change the world. You know, that's yes. that's how we do it, right? <laughs> so, Absolutely. Absolutely. Amy, thank you so much for spending time with us today on the Green Stream. And thank you for your leadership. Uh, your vision, your passion, and your tenacity. Well, thank you. I appreciate it. Thanks for joining us on the Green Stream. Thank you for tuning in to the Sustainable Business Network Detroit, the Green Stream podcast. Remember to like, subscribe, and leave a review wherever you listen to podcasts. Make sure to follow us on sbn-detroit.org and stay tuned for more conversations on sustainability from inside and around the city.